0: I hope so, because we're going to, amen, amen, we're going we're to jump in and see what he has for us, thank you Lord, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Hebrews the 12th chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, amen, this is, uh, this is way ahead of where we are in our study, but uh, it's, it's something that God laid on my heart to kind of kick the service off today. And uh, again, we're going to believe God and see what he has for us. Just pray with me again. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of the gospel. Lord, we... God, we believe that if we continue in your word, that we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. God, we just, we desire freedom. We desire to be more like you. We desire the sin and the weight, the things that would easily beset us, God, to fall away. And God, to run after you with our whole hearts. So God, as we look into your word this morning, I ask that you would reveal your heart to us. That there would be a yoke-destroying anointing released in our midst. God, in just an openness of our hearts, in our spirits, our minds. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying. And God, bring about the transformation of our lives that you desire. God, we want nothing less than to be conformed to your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, now you got to see what the therefore is therefore. We don't have time to go back and read all of... Of Hebrews 11, but many of you know that Hebrews 11, it's it's surrounded by uh, the patriarchs and the patriarchs and their their great acts of faith, endurance, uh, uh, their their commitment, and 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 how they're just absolutely sold out to the Lord and the great exploits that happen through their lives. And many times it's called the the the, the faith chapter or. Or uh, it, 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 it deals a lot with faith. That's why you say without faith it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? So, faith is very important. And so, when he's saying therefore, he's talking about those patriarchs in, in, in chapter 11, those what we'd call heroes of the faith that we can study in the scriptures. And he says, therefore, we are, uh, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen, they've gone on to be with the Lord and there's been others throughout the years, throughout the centuries. We're surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses, the the evidence of, of, of the fruit of faith operating in a life and a people absolutely, totally trusting God. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. He said, listen, we're surrounded by by people who who were able to do that. And he said, so lay aside. Everybody say "Lay lay aside. Amen. That means it's possible. Amen. He said, lay aside every weight and the sin. What's the difference between weight and sin? Sin can weigh us down, amen, it will, it will weigh us down. But, but I think that weights can sometimes be the good things. Things that we, we carry or things that we're engaged in or involved in that maybe we don't need to be or things that are distractions, things that are pulling us away from the purposes of God or, or God's plan or, or, or God's design for our life. Weights can, can slow us down. Amen? You get the idea, and he uses this example later on, about running a race. Amen. He wants us to run this, this race uh, and, and, and run it with endurance that so we can run. How many of you know when they train for the Olympics, they, they get, they, the, the thing they do is get off as much weight as possible. Amen. They want all their weight to be productive muscle that's compelling them towards the goal. Amen? So he said, listen, let's lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Endurance. Amen? That's something we all need. I don't care what age we are. Amen? Amen. We can grow weary. We can be weary in well-doing. There's, there's many different ways we can grow. You don't need to just be an elderly person and losing natural strength to, 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 uh, to lose strength or lose endurance. Amen. In James 1, 2 through 4, we're not going to turn to it, but he says, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or tests, knowing that that, that testing, the trying of your faith, produces something. It produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Patience, another word, is endurance. Amen. It produces endurance. And let that endurance have its perfect work so that you might be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Amen. How many of you want to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing? Amen. He says, then your faith is going to get tested. Why? Because it's that resistance, it's that battle, amen, that faith battle that builds endurance. And that endurance, amen, is what carries us across to the finish line, amen. We build strength, we build faith, we encounter God, amen. In verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, You know, Jesus authored your faith. Amen? And he's going to finish it in you and in me. In other words, the, the trials, the tests, the things that we go through, the things that we battle that bring increase to our faith, those things that we wrestle through, those things that, where there's confusion and, and questions, and those things where we think, are we ever going to get the victory over this? And we keep running into it, and yet faith begins to build, and weights begin to fall off, sin begins to be repented of, and, and new life begins to birth in our lives. Amen. He says, now listen, I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus, he's the author, this this is is the title of my message this morning, is stay focused. Amen. He said, said, looking unto Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, letting Him be preeminent. Looking unto Jesus, the author. He authored your faith. You might have thought you did, but He did. He's given to every man a measure of faith. Amen. He's given to every man enough faith to say, yes, Lord. And then we enter into what I call the school of the spirit. Amen. And things begin to grow and we begin to blossom and we're conformed to his image. Amen. He said, looking unto Jesus, he's the author and he's going to see you through to the finish line. The finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Joy set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand Of the throne of God. Amen. He fulfilled his purpose, his destiny, his design, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father even now. For the joy that was why would why would Jesus have joy facing a cross? You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, you, you, you use joy and strength in the same sentence, it just it it doesn't seem like it fits. Amen. You thinking you need strength? You, you wonder why? Why is joy our strength? Amen. Because it's a, it's an attitude. It's an expression of faith. It's an expression of the Holy Spirit that that says, in spite of what I'm going through, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's my focus. He's He's the one that I'm I'm trusting through this time in my life. Looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith amen, it's through the cross that we get the victory through his sacrifice when he hung there suspended between heaven and earth taking the wrath of God for our sin upon himself forgiving us of our sin amen, healing us of our sicknesses and diseases loosing us from our captivity Amen. Amen. He said that that, that there was joy when he looked forward to a redeemed humanity. You and I, down through the centuries of time, that would say, yes, Lord. It it, it put a joy in his heart. Amen. Do you know you can have joy going through a hard time? You You can have joy when things don't add up, when it doesn't make sense. But we got to stay focused. we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Amen? That is the secret. That's the key. When our eyes wander, I don't know about you, but I feel like we are living in a day with, you know, a few distractions. Amen? We're, we're, we're facing some things. Some things we've never faced before. We've had to make adjustments as the people of God and, and the church and how we meet and how we do things. Schools, education systems, uh, the, 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 the government and the mandates and all that's going on. And I, and I won't go there this morning. But the, the, there's adjustments that, that we need to make. There's, there's a lot of things that are happening. There's, there's things that we're facing. And if we're not careful, we can be distracted. The main thing ceases to be the main thing. He says, looking unto Jesus, the, the, what I felt like the Lord wanted us to do this morning is just kind of survey our life, survey our heart, and, and, and say, God, are you, are you preeminent right now? Or is it my worry? Is it my fear? Is it my anxiety? Is it my confusion? Is it, it what we're going to face tomorrow or what we're going to face next week? Or, or are we in the last days? Is, is, is this it? Is this, there's all kinds of things that can come crowding in right now, but Jesus never leaves the throne room amen Amen. he needs to be the object of our vision he needs to be the the purpose of our heart we need to be looking unto Jesus because he's the author and he's going to finish it Amen. amen of our faith we don't want to be distracted it's easy to be distracted it's easy to be pulled away it's easy to let other things become focused it can be good things Amen? Amen? But it can't, it, 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 we, we can't let it become preeminent in our lives over him. Looking unto Jesus. You know, somehow I don't think Jesus is pacing the throne room this morning, chewing his nails because of what's going on. I just don't get the creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth and all that there is therein. that All the, the seas and all that there are three quarters of the, of the earth is ocean and he filled that. We've only discovered about 5% of what's in it. He calls the stars out by name every night. He had our redemption planned before the foundations of the world. You've heard me say before, before there was a sinner, there was a savior. Before there was sickness, there was a healer. Before anybody was bound and created and and captive, there was a deliverer. Amen? Somehow, I don't think he's worried about where we are. And God's desiring to elevate us, to elevate our vision, to fix our vision, for us to stay focused upon him. Yes, we need to do our part. We need to be proclaiming the gospel. We need to be a, a gospel light. We need to be salt, light, leaven, wherever we go. Amen. That's the hope that we, that we bring. Amen. It's the heart of God revealed in and through his, his people. But he wants us to be looking unto him. You know, faith is the currency of the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. It's, what, it's, it's the currency of heaven. It, it, it's what taps us in to all that's available in God. All things are possible to them that believe. You see Jesus talking about faith in, in, in many different levels. From unbelief to little faith, to faith, to I haven't seen such great faith, not even in all of Israel. In other words, faith is is that 30, 60, 100 fold, it it needs to be growing in our life. And it's as our eyes are, are fixed on him, as we're looking to him, that that faith continues to grow. He's the author and the finisher. It taps us into the nature and the character of God. It helps bring us into kingdom reality, kingdom authority, and kingdom power. Amen? It pleases the heart of God and leads us into intimacy with Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Do you know when you move and function in faith, when your eyes are upon Him, amen, and you're moving in faith, it pleases the heart of God. Do you like to please God? Amen. I, I, I remember when my kids were growing up, and they still do it. It's just another level. But there's, there, there's times when they just wanted to please us. They'd draw something, or they would make something, or they would say something. And, and now my grandkids, they'll do the same thing. They just say my name, and it melts me. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and, and, and there's certain things. that ple- I, I, I think God likes to be pleased through when his kids are expressing faith and trust in him unequivocally, amen, when, when their hearts are focused on him, when, when, when the eyes, amen, of, of the spirit are focused on him, looking unto him, helps bring us into kingdom reality and authority and power, intimacy with him amen, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him, so it makes sense why our faith is always the focus of the enemy. Whether it be faith that we have for our family, family relations, our children, grandchildren, church family, whether it be faith that we have for where God's called us and causing us to function, where whatever it is in our life, the enemy has got a full-blown press and attack on our faith. He wants us moving in fear. He wants us to have doubt. Fear has torment. He wants to torment. You know he comes to steal, kill and destroy according to John 10.10. 10. That's, that's, that's his, that's his he, he feels his role in our lives. He wants to steal. He's not happy with just that. He wants to kill. And he's not happy with just that. He wants to utterly destroy anything that God has deposited in our lives. Anything that's, that's, that's important to God. Amen? He, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And, it, 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 and it's, it many times it's, it's one of the primary focuses of his attack. Why? Because it, when we give in to fear, when we, when we let go of faith, when, when our eyes are removed from Jesus, when he's not preeminent, then these other things, be, it, it's like a domino effect. They begin to crumble in our lives, and then we're distracted, and then we're moved off center, and then, and then fear has entrance, amen, and, and, and torment, and, and confusion, and some people even give up amen, because they don't understand the battle that, that, that's raging in their lives and that there's victory over that battle, amen. and we're fighting from a platform of victory on the cross, amen, he's already defeated the enemy, amen. so we got to stay focused, we've got to stay focused let's turn to Matthew chapter 14 Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 Jesus had just fed the 5,000 he's going up into the mountain to pray he sends the multitudes away and tells his disciples to get uh, in a boat and go to the other side they had a word from the Lord to go to the other side Verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Probably over 20,000 people had to clear the area. And he sends them away in a boat. And he said, and as he uh, sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So it took a while. And the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So Jesus, he feeds over 20,000 people, because they said 5,000 not counting women and children, and I'm sure there was a lot of them there. Then then he, he sends the crowd away, he tells the disciples, get in the boat, go across to the other side, and this storm arises. I believe it's an attack of the enemy. And I'll tell you why. In a little while. <laughs> so they, they've, uh, if you read all the accounts, if you read, this is Matthew's, there's, there's one in Mark and there's one in John. You read the accounts, you get a little bit more of the, uh, 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 of the whole picture. And it's interesting that only, only Matthew mentions Peter getting out of the boat. Why? Because there were several lessons teaching opportunities that Jesus was doing in this boat ride. He told them to go. They're about, according, I think it is to John, they were like three or four miles they had rowed in this storm hit. Can you imagine being, and, and it isn't like they could turn on two 200 horse motors and, and go in. I mean, they rowed. Okay, so they're out there. Now, these are experienced fishermen. Rough water is not strange to them. Wind is not necessarily strange to them. So this had to be one huge storm. They feared for their life. And, and it wasn't, I mean, these were professionals. They were professional at be, being out fishing, professional at being in the water. That's where they, they lived when they weren't home. The boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, that's between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus was praying on a mountain, and between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So he had to walk three to four miles after he got off the mountain, after he had been up all night praying, through a storm. He's doing pretty good. I'd say he's got endurance. Amen? Eyes on the Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only speak what I hear the Father speak. He, had the, he was the very reflection of the heart, the glory, the nature and character of the Father. And he comes walking to them on the sea. And immediately, the disciples, when they see him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost and they cried out for fear, so now they were not only fearing for their lives because of the magnitude of the storm and the wind and the waves and and, and the battle and the, 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 the energy that they were exerting to try to stay afloat, amen, now they see something walking on the water towards them and they think it's a ghost and they cry out for fear, why, I mean, what else would you think, you ever see anybody else walk on the water? They were interpreting their situation around them in the natural. Jesus was about to give them a spiritual lesson. And Mark said that their hearts, in this boat ride it said, after Jesus delivered them from the storm, it said their hearts were hardened because they didn't consider the miracle of the loaves and fishes. They were fearful because they didn't consider the miracle of the loaves of the fishes. Peter sank because the miracle of the loaves and the fishes hadn't done what God intended it to do in their lives. He was their source. He's their provider. He's their sustainer. he's the one that's going to get them from point A to point B he's the one when you've got nothing he does creative miracles he's the one that that can make something out of nothing amen he's the one that can can enter your circumstance your situation, your problem and and bring about the will and purposes of God and bring about his redemptive purposes in it to make us better amen amen you read the, the three accounts of this story, you get, you get different things, and I, I, I put it all together this morning, and God began to give me fresh revelation on this. He says, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them. Jesus doesn't want us in fear. Immediately, he spoke to them. He addresses the fear. Immediately, he spoke to them. Said, be of good cheer. <laughs> Has God ever done that? When you're in a raging storm, when you we're when just confused, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what. I mean, we've all been there. Loved one is dying, or or or, or family issues, or or uh, problems. You know, that nationally, or things that we tend to carry the weight on. Amen. And then Jesus watches to be a good cheer. We should be. Why? He's just come into the scene. Amen. He just showed up. Amen. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. I love Peter. I can be like him sometimes. You're laughing because you can too. (laughs) Amen. You ever been a little impulsive? This, This was a God thing for Peter though, and this was a God thing for all the all the disciples Peter answered and said to him Lord if it is you command me to come on the water he knew better than go without God telling him to that would be presumption he said command me to come on the water and Jesus said come what Peter was saying is, I want to live where you live. I want to, I want to walk in kingdom reality and authority like you're walking in kingdom reality. And I'm seeing something and I'm witnessing something that I've never seen. And I, I want to live there. I want to walk there. And Jesus says, I want you to. Get out of the boat. The type prophetically of walking in the spirit. He says, go ahead. Get out of the boat. Come to me. This is, this is what's available to you. Now, I, I'm here to tell you this wasn't a lesson on walking on the water. That We got nice boats. We, got this, we don't need to walk on the water. I mean, if we do, we can do it. God can help us do it. But this wasn't what it was about. It was far more than that. Lord, bid me to come if this is you. So he said, come. Peter wasn't walking on water. He's walking on the word of the Lord. And when Peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Where was he headed? He didn't just strike out to finish the journey. Man, this is cool. I can get there faster than you guys. I'm You row, I'm walking. He didn't just take off anywhere he was headed to Jesus, the one who said come. Do you know he said come to you this morning? He said, Come to all of us, whosoever will may come. The gospel in one word is come. Please come. That's the heart of the Father. He said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, he got distracted. He wasn't looking unto Jesus anymore. Jesus wasn't the object of his focus. The Word of the Lord wasn't the object of his focus. Kingdom reality and truth that was being imparted here wasn't the object. Of his focus. He missed it with the breaking of bread of who Jesus was, the bread of life life, the sustainer of all things in every circumstance, in every situation. I don't think he was just trying to teach the disciples how to walk on water. What he was trying to teach to the disciples, if you keep your eyes on me and you stay focused and I am preeminent in your life, it doesn't matter what storm you go through, I will get you through it. It doesn't matter the wind and the waves around you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems. Keep your eyes on me. Stay focused. Keep walking towards me, and you will get to the other side. He saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. He began to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. It's a good thing to do if we start to sink, amen? Done it on many occasions, just being honest, amen? You might be sinking this morning, cry out, he'll save you. Get your eyes back on him and he'll show you that he's been with you in it all the time and he'll get you to the other side. When he saw... His attention was off Jesus onto circumstances and situations. He was distracted. When we get distracted, we start to sink. When we get distracted, we we can fall into sin. Distractions will start robbing us of our faith. Stay focused. And immediately, when he cried out, Lord, save me, it says, and immediately, I love it, when they feared immediately, he said, it's okay, don't be afraid, be of good cheer, it's me. And when he cried out for the Lord to save him, it says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What left Peter when he began to look around? His faith. He had to have it to get out of the boat. You wouldn't get out of a boat in a raging sea without some faith. There was something that God spoke when he said come that was activated in his life. His faith laid hold of it to the point he got out of the boat and began to walk towards Jesus and then when he took his eyes off Jesus off kingdom reality off supernatural living and power amen and the authority that was in that word that was in the one that he was encountering in that moment and he began to look at the wind and the waves he sank he said why did you doubt you were doing good Peter and if I was the rest of them in the boat, I wouldn't be condemning Peter for this either. They, they didn't get out of the boat. Oh, you of little faith. Now, he's calling Peter one of little faith who got out of a boat in a raging sea, who is an expert in being out in storms and fishing and, 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 and walking on the water towards him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Listen to this. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. As soon as they got in the boat, lesson over, storm over. The attack is over. And they, the wind ceases. Another context in scripture says Jesus rebuked the wind. He doesn't rebuke something sent from the Father. When they got in the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, listen to this, truly, you are the Son of God. They were starting to get the message of the loaves and the fishes. They were starting to get the message that Jesus was trying to impart into their life that would help them move at new levels of faith and intimacy with him. Sometimes we can have good distractions. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, Now what happened as as he went that they entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house this was Mary, Martha, Lazarus you remember family in Bethany that Jesus loved and he loved to stay there he ate there often and so Martha sees him coming through town and invites him in, welcomes him into the house that's a good thing to do, amen, Jesus come on in And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was what? Distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. I invited you in. I want, to get you a, I, want to, I want to take care of you. I want to fix you a good meal. And my sister just sitting at your feet, and I'm doing all the work. See what happens when you get distracted? You get attitudes. <laughs> Amen? You get distracted, and you, and you start thinking how good you're doing and how nobody's helping. So then you get prideful. You get attitudes, and then you start you start. I mean, she went to Jesus with this. This wasn't something she was trying to hide. (laughs) She was ticked. And God, you, you should know better. You're God. You should have told her to help me. I invited you in. I'm trying to pray. I'm doing this for you. You ever had that kind of attitude while you're in service for the Lord? Yeah, it takes one to know one. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you this morning. You need to understand. God, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that. I, you give your resume to God, and this is what I get? It can be subtle. There was a time when I, I felt like, man, I'm just, I'm all in, and I'm laying it all down, and trying to serve the Lord and all of a sudden marriages in the in the church started to come under attack and things started happening and we weren't real big we were pretty pretty small church so it was real obvious and I'm trying to pour things in and trying to and, and I was studying faith I mean God had me just being immersed in faith I was reading Smith Wigglesworth book I remember and I subtly put it down and quit reading it I didn't do it consciously I would just walk by it every day on my desk and wouldn't pick it up. And suddenly in my heart, I thought, if this is what it takes to grow in faith, it's not worth it because it was ripping my heart out what was going on. I lost focus, got distracted, and one day, I mean, I wouldn't even use the word faith in a message. This is how bad it was. Years ago. And then one day I I felt like, man, everything's just dying. The atmosphere. just seems like we're all shriveling up. And God said, without faith it's impossible to please me. I went, okay. I've missed it. And I spent a good part of that week repenting. I happened to pick up the book again. I happened to start reading it again, along with the scripture. Marriages started to get restored. Life came back to the service. The heart of the Father was pleased. So Martha comes to Jesus and she complains. Why? Because she was distracted. Eyes off the prize. It was a good thing she wanted to serve. I'm just wrestling whether I should say this or not. But some, you know, sometimes, if 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 we get our identity, it, it, it get our identity by what we do, what God's called us to do, if our identity is in our serving and the affirmation in the and the affirmation of people and the affirmation of others until that is the source that's feeding us instead of God in his presence and the amen of heaven on our life, it will set us up to destroy us. It's great while everybody's patting you on the back and saying amen and there's nobody like you and that was the greatest message I've ever heard and and you've been so faithful and you've been... But when when you start getting people that are ticked, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do, well, then you'd become all unglued. Why? Because you, you, whether you're successful or not, or whether you're, whether you're uh, being faithful or not is determined by people's reactions, not by the amen of heaven. You know, Jesus didn't care a whole lot what people thought about his decisions. He loved them. He knew what was best for them, so he was confident, Amen. In that love, to be tough if he had to be tough. It was the religious that he was tough. Not sinners, not people that were hurting or broken, not not people that had issues and problems that needed deliverance and freedom. It was the religious. Vipers, snakes, whitewashed sepulchers. Those aren't friendly terms to the people that are supposed to be over you. I don't know if Martha was in one of those modes, but she was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Maybe she'll listen to you. I don't think Martha got the answer she was looking for. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, and this this is this is really a loving overture to her. He, he wasn't just reaming her out. He said, Martha, it's like, Martha, dear Martha, you're worried and troubled. So distraction led to worry, led to trouble, led to attitudes. Stay focused. You're wrestling with attitudes, wrestling with worry, wrestling with anxiety, wrestling with, let's get focused. Amen? Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, and it will not be taken from her. Where was she? At the feet of Jesus. She was receiving another meal that would supersede anything she could fix for him. Amen. Her, her, her very spirit, her soul was being fed. In fact, in literally what that means in the Greek is She's chosen, when he says that, that good part, it means the main course. She's chosen the best dish. We've got to be careful of distractions. There's another one in Matthew 17, 1 through 8. We're not going to read it, but you remember when Jesus was, went up to the mountain and he was transfigured before it. Before Peter, James, and John, he took them up with him, and he was transfigured. And Moses showed up, and Elijah showed up. I mean, this—you talk about a mountaintop experience for the disciples. Peter, James, and John—they're up there, and they're Old Testament heroes. The—the the one that represents the law, the one that represents the law and the prophets were represented there. Those that die was represented. Those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. Elijah never—Elijah never died. He, he was represented prophetically. All kinds of things. Were being there. They were ministering to Jesus. Amen. Concerning the cross. And, and he was transfigured before them. And they had this eyewitness account. Amen. And, 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 and Peter didn't know what to do. He's impulsive again. He says, let's, let's start a building project. Let's let's build three tabernacles. Let's just stay here. Amen. Let's just let's just glory in this and eat this up and stay here forever. Amen. In the presence of, of Moses, in the presence of Elijah, and in your presence. And Immediately when he said it, God broke in, a cloud came over it, and God broke in and spoke. He said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when he got done speaking, he says, they saw no man, Moses gone, Elijah gone, they saw no man but Jesus only. They got distracted. Was it a bad thing they were encountering? No, God took them up into the mountain to encounter it. He wanted them to have this supernatural experience and understand greater kingdom reality. But they got distracted. They got caught up in the moment and missed the big picture. And the father come down and said, no, Jesus needs to be the focus. He's the one that you need to be listening to. He's the one that you need to see. He's the one that will keep you on track. He's the one that." will keep you from the attitudes he's the one that will keep you from depression and oppression he's the one that will heal your sicknesses he's the one that will provide you with jobs he's the one that will take care of you when it looks like nothing else can he's the one that will interpret the times and the days and the seasons they're all in his hands amen keep your eyes on him stay focused and the wind and the waves won't take you down crazy things are happening. But we have a big God. We have a good, good Father. I believe that I think it's in, might be in Haggai, where he says <clears throat> there'll be a knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters does the sea. He told Moses, he said, as surely as I live, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. But in 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 the minor prophet, I think it's Haggai, where he says there'll be a knowledge. In other words, revelation, knowledge, an understanding of the glory of God covering the earth as the waters does the sea. I want to be a part, amen, of the glory of God being revealed in and through his people. Amen. How about you? I think God wants us to just hold steady, stay focused. Don't look at the wind and the waves. Amen. Keep trusting him. Keep desiring the best dish, the main course. And he's not only the author of our faith, but he's the finisher. He'll get us to the finish line. Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Lord. The worship ministry would come back. Thank you, Lord. Isn't God good? You know, we have an invitation this morning. We have an invitation to just lay aside every weight, every sin that would easily beset us, every distraction, every fear, any, any areas that we're overwhelmed. We, we, we've got an invitation Amen to, to, to just make that shift in our heart. Amen, to, re, to reposition ourselves for blessing. any stress, any tension, any anxieties, any fears. He's more than enough. Amen. Amen. Whatever your storm you're battling, we need to learn from the disciples. He wasn't just teaching him how to walk on water. He was teaching them how to get victory over every storm in their life. Stay focused. Keep your eyes on me. Amen. If you want that for your heart and your life this morning, maybe you've been a battle that's been raging. Could you just lift up your hands and your heart towards heaven? I want to pray. And then we're going to close in worship. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord, you haven't, you've never given your heart to the Lord. I just, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Amen. I guarantee it will radically change your life. Amen. And, and lift the weights that you're carrying. If there's anyone here this morning that needs prayer for any reason, the altar's always open here we're here to minister to serve we just believe God with you feel free to come on down but if you want God amen to to make any shift in your heart in your life over anxiety over fear over any sin any weight that's distracting you or easily besetting you if you want to just pull up to the table for the for the main meal for the main feast amen and just intimately, you want to you know him more intimately you want to refocus, you, wanna, you want him to be the object of your heart, of your life you want to stay focused, amen, just lift your hearts towards heaven Father we come to you right now in that name that's above every name and God it's easy for us to get distracted God many times God, we don't realize it until attitudes begin to surface. Discouragement begins to arise. Hopelessness begins to breed in our life. And pretty soon we we start losing that faith. And then, God, we're we're consumed with our with our anxieties and our fears. Like the disciples of old, God, we cry out to you this morning, Lord, save us. God, help us to make the shift in our heart and in our life. Help us to reposition ourselves for blessing. God, let faith arise in this place like never before. God, some people are facing things and they're afraid. God, help them to do it afraid. God, if it's if it's you... God, I'm reminded of, of, of Joshua going into the promised land. How many times in chapter 1 you told him to be strong and of good courage? Be strong and of good courage. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Be strong and of good courage. I'm sure he was afraid, Lord. Moses was given the command to bring him in, and he couldn't get him in. And now it had fallen to, to Joshua. God, Joshua had to do it afraid. God, help us to do it afraid if necessary until faith begins to replace that fear. God, as we engage you in the process, fear fear gives way to faith. God, be magnified in our midst. Let God arise and our enemies be scattered. God, we say peace be still to every storm. Help us to glean, God, every lesson, every truth from everything we face. God, you said all things work together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose. God, that means every single thing we face, you won't waste, Lord. God, if our heart's toward you, if our our focus is on you, God, you bring about your redemptive purposes in our lives through it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. God, help us to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's close worshiping him together. Again, if you need prayer, please feel free to come down. We'd be glad to pray with you.